What's going on, guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks, and this is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and we're presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get $100, $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. And don't forget about Draft Day 2.0. Make sure you check out Draft Day 2.0 starting August 9th at noon. Pacific real Ryan real money Kramer will be begin drafting for 24 hours straight. The fantasy football marathon will raise money for Daryl, a little listener who was injured in a motorcycle accident. Head to sports podcast.com backslash draft day. And we're off. We're going to introduce Jeff. Jeff, it's been a little while since we've got a chance to, to chop it up. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It has been a while, but anytime I can jump on you with you, you know, I'm not going to decline that invitation. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So I, I really want to get straight into it. So just so everyone knows what we're going to do today, we're going to do an intro to Debbie. Um, that's why I brought, I, one of the reasons I brought Jeff on, um, cause I, I really go to him for, for Debbie stuff. And, um, we're going to talk about his top three positional rankings. And then we're going to take a peek at the NFL mock draft database and get an early, probably way too early preview of where some of these guys might be landing next year. So uh, let's just start off and just talk to me like I'm 12. What's what is Debbie? So Debbie, the easiest way to explain Debbie is if you're in a dynasty league and you have a practice squad where you can kind of stash your rookies on that practice squad, Devi is one step further and you're able to stash college players on that practice squad. And, and really there are wide ranges of depths of league. You know, you might be in some leagues that have these or three Devies or four Devies be in a campus Canton league. And, and that is you're playing college football on that side. And so really Devi is kind of your intro steps towards playing college fantasy football. It adds a layer onto the top of your dynasty leagues getting kind of that some of that scouting in and, and really kind of if you're somebody that you love college football if you love to be ahead if you love to be a scout out there Debbie is your opportunity to get out there and kind of beat your league mates and get the first crack at you know having a guy like in this past draft Garrett Wilson was a popular hold or Brees Hall was a popular Debbie hold players like that that you would have had already and then there are layers like I said there are layers of Debbie you usually do a supplemental drafts and so like a player like Jamison Williams that might not have been a Debbie hold because he really kind of came on during the season he would be available in that supplemental draft and so really it's kind of splitting up your rookie draft and it's really changing a lot of the values on those draft picks that might be used in trades or might be used on prospects yeah so um you know where can you play Debbie you can play Debbie really anywhere the the really the problem that you run into Debbie right now, probably the easiest place to date play it would be MFL because they're able to create players that you can trade. Sleeper, obviously we all love Sleeper, but Sleeper does not have that layer where you're able to have the Debbie pieces. So you kind of have to use placeholders if you're going to do that or track it on. You're going to have to track it on a spreadsheet usually with that. Even MFL, sometimes you might get into that spreadsheet depending on what type of league you're in. But MFL will allow you to create Debbie players and have those players as assets that you're able to trade. And then if you are stepping into college fantasy, Fantrax is really the only place that you can go. Really, you can play Debbie anywhere that you can play Dynasty. It's just what levels of manual manipulation on the back end are you going to need to have? Yeah, when Kevin was on the show, he talked about using the nickname feature 
Yeah. Um, so you get some like the retired players, or if you're in a non-kicker league, just using those guys and just changing their name to instead of Justin Tucker, it's Bijan Robinson or, or yada right. yada. So, um, and it, you know, with this, you know, I kind of kind of want to talk not get into the rankings, but talk about you know strategy. You know, you're you get your five star recruits coming out, you got all this stuff coming out, and sometimes those guys never you know never pan out or you know just bad situations. How has the transfer portal changed Devi? So, yeah, I think you get various answers if you ask. And that's one of the things about Devi is you ask different people, you get various answers about anything. I'm somebody that, you, you know, if I see a player potentially on a bad team or something like that in the transfer portal and they don't enter the transfer portal and they kind of stay with that team, I get a little bit concerned there. Red flags kind of go up a little bit of like, and loyalty is important, but you know, we see like Jordan Addison this past year, wide receiver for Pitt. He won the Blinknikoff award. He lost Kenny Pickett. So he went, he packed up and he went to USC. And so that's where you're kind of looking at it as um, with NIL, it's, it's really two different layers there because you're talking about the transfer portal and you're talking about NIL. And so it's one of those that you might have a player that is a running back. Lou Nichols is a player. He's a running back for central Michigan. And I believe he's come out and said that he's very loyal to the team. At the same time, he was one of the leaders in rushing last year in NCAA. And so he didn't leave. He stayed at Central Michigan. And so there are some questions in my mind on, you know, if you're a great, great running back, why are an Alabama or an Ohio State or somebody like that not lining up to pay you to kind of play for their team? And so I'm somebody that I'm paying close attention to that transfer portal and to the NIL as well, because if players aren't getting that attention, that kind of raises red flags in my mind of, okay, is he fast enough to play at the next level? Is he got that level of athleticism or is he just kind of a college producer? And I think that traditionally what you've seen through the Debbie game, people are going to rely on those producers and that's understanding and it's understandable, but we know when the NFL draft comes in that that fast running back, a guy that tests at the combine might work his way up the board, despite, you know, even James cook this past draft and, and people kind of looked at him and, didn't really view him as too much of a Debbie asset because he was in a timeshare and he was kind of playing behind there. Didn't take on a lion's share of work. Didn't have that production profile. He was the third running back off the board. And, and, you know, we kind of saw him work into that back end of that first round in our rookie drafts. And so really Debbie is, it's so interesting because you can have your, everybody can have a different approach and nobody's necessarily wrong. So, so how do, how do they add Debbie to your draft? So you do your, your, let's say you have your rookie draft, you know, I just, you know, year, the year finished, we got our league rookie draft coming up. Is it a separate draft or is it part of it? And instead of having a four round rookie draft, you have an eight round rookie draft. You can really do any way you want to do. And that's the other thing that as, as we know, you get into different fantasy leagues and you can build the way you want to build. You can have a supplemental separate Debbie draft, or you can add them in, in the normal rookie draft, really, which other, other, whichever direction you want to go um, that, I don't know. It's, it's really hard to say that there's a set right way to play Debbie. Um, I'm somebody that I like to kind of lean. I the fan, college fantasy side, I enjoy, um, but I'm somebody that I don't really want to get into beyond the power five. And that's something that we've been playing at the Debbie Royale where we're playing these C2C leagues, but we only do power five on the college side because that 
cuts the player pool in half. You're not really worrying about those random Mac games on a Tuesday night. Is your running back hurt? What's going on there? And, and that's the other thing that gets a little bit screwy in college fantasy. Injury information cannot always be the best. So we like to stick to the power five. I like to, I like to stick to the power five and try to play that way and then bring the other players in through your supplemental draft. But there are so many different ways that you can play Debbie. And so it's hard to say one way is right or wrong. And and are the taxi squads separate? So you have your taxi squad and then you have your Debbie squad. Or are they both just taxi? Usually they're separate. So usually, um, you, usually what you'll see in a lot of leagues is they won't necessarily limit the amount of Debbie players that you could have on your team, but you might have a limit on how many Debbie players you can pick. And so, you know, you might play in a league that somebody has no interest in Debbie players. And I play like I play in Ryan McDowell's kitchen sink. And so the way that works is you get three Debbie spots every year. Now you might be somebody that you're not interested in your Debbie spot. And so that becomes an asset that you can trade to somebody that is interested in Debbie spot. It doesn't necessarily have to have a player attached to that. Um, it, it's just it adds to that asset pool and is something else you can do. But typically, yeah, you're going to have your taxi squad will be separate. Those will be ideally your first year players, your rookies, your maybe your second year players, depending on how your league wants to do it. And then you'll also have your Debbie pool kind of sitting to the side. Yeah. And, you know, some people out there, this probably sounds super complicated and they may not be interested. Kind of the same thing as IDP. But if you're looking for that extra challenge or looking for that next level, like this is it, you know, and, and people are, you know, you think about like Madden, how people do, you know, franchise mode or they do, you know, the, the, the different, you know, different things in Madden. Now we have college NCAAs coming back to be able to do some of these things. And, you know, I just, I, I love college football. I love what, you know, watching these players before they get into the league. And this is just another way to add to it. And you've, you even mentioned college fantasy. So you're talking about campus, the Canton. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it's one of those that, um, you know, I think that before people step their toe in, it can seem intimidating to add that layer. And I kind of feel like you mentioned IDP, it's kind of the same way, but then when you look at it, it's players that you've heard of, it, you know, if you watch college football or, you know, if you watch NFL football in, in IDP, those are usually the good players are players that you've heard of. And so with the same thing kind of with adding Debbie, if you're somebody that watches college football, the guys that you see featured on ESPN every week or whatever it might be are your Debbie pieces. And so I think I'm a big advocate on continuing to try new things, continuing to grow and continuing to get new experiences, step in somewhere that you're comfortable, but don't be afraid of it. And it's one of those that, yeah, if you're following the rookie draft, or you're following the NFL draft a year in advance or you check out the Debbie Royale and we got information for you, you can check that out too. Um, it's, it's not as bad as it might seem if you're just kind of leaving it in your mind as an abstract idea. Yeah. And that's where I actually, where I was going to go next is, you know, at one point you didn't try PPR or you didn't even try fantasy football. You tried fantasy football one time and loved it. And you had to start somewhere um, PPR. You may or may, you may be one of those single quarterback standard leagues still, and that's fine. But if you've, you know, gone on to other things, and tried those things, you've either liked them or hated them. You might try Debbie and you might hate it and that's fine, but don't knock it. So you try it and, and definitely go out. And so I wanted to ask about the Debbie Royale, because obviously if you're new to this, getting something like that is really going to benefit you. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the Debbie Royale? 
Yeah, so Debbie Royale is our show. Tuesday nights at 9.30 is our live show or our podcast. It's me, it's Kevin Coleman at Dubois underscore 22, and it's Christian Williams at C Williams NFL on Twitter. The of us, we mix it up. Really, we focus heavily on prospects and, and kind of looking a year out, trying to look at those players that are going to be in the NFL draft. And during the season, we... It is a fantasy show, but at the same time, it's more of a just a college football conversation. We, we're kind of taking a look at big, big, big picture events that are going on in college football or big games that are coming up. We pick games every week, and so we kind of lay the land for you on if you are a college football fan and even if you don't play Debbie, that's really our aim to give you that information that if you just enjoy college football, if you want to hear some people talk about college football, it's a great show for that. And then kind of during the season that we have that approach and we're talking about the players that you want to keep on your radar. But once the off season comes, we really shift hard to the upcoming draft. And that's where we put a lot of focus on up through the NFL draft, looking at those prospects, giving you that information for your dynasty leagues, what rookies you need to watch, where to value players. And that's one of our primary focuses and then kind of once the summer kind of comes, we shift gears back towards getting ready for the next cycle, looking at those next going to be 2023 NFL draft players and and kind of just continue that cycle and then roll into the season. And we really kind of pick up again with a, a, almost a weekly preview show. That's awesome. And and again, where where can they find that? And then you also have the Patreon as well. We do have a Patreon. Good call out. I appreciate that. So just find us, the Debbie Royale on Patreon. The Debbie Royale is our show account. It's really easy. Just at the Debbie Royale on Twitter. Tuesday nights, 930. And then you can find us in Apple. You can find us in wherever you get podcasts, whatever it might be. And so that's just the Debbie Royale, D- the Debbie Royale. Awesome. We'll make sure to plug that in the show link. And uh, again, appreciate you letting us know. And, and like I said, you know, when you guys start with this, you know, you want to start small, but obviously you want to grab some help. And these three guys know what they're talking about. And so uh, you definitely want to make sure you check that out. So we're going to take a quick break, get into one of the sponsors before we get into the positional rankings. And again, we just want to talk about WinBet. If you're thinking about joining WinBet, now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. If you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. Their reduced juice in baseball games makes the best place to bet MLB. Plus, the, the, the WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash WinBet so they know we sent you. I'm at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change. Turns conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where, where playthrough WinBet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. And then let's not forget about Ryan Real Money Kramer doing Draft Day 2.0. He'll be drafting fantasy football best ball teams for 24 straight hours. The drafting starts at August 9th at noon uh, Pacific time. The crew will be raising money for Daryl, a loyal listener who was injured in a motorcycle accident. You can draft with Ryan and a ton of special guests, including me. All the details at sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash draft day. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash draft day. All right, so let's let's talk quarterbacks. I'm a super flex guy. I'm speaking of trying new things. If you're not in, you didn't try super flex yet, you should. Um, I, I want to talk about your top three quarterbacks. So who's on the screen here? All right, so we've got CJ Stroud from Ohio State. 
all the way to the left. Bryce Young, reigning Heisman Trophy winner in the center from Alabama. And then Quinn Ewers transferred to Texas. He came from Ohio State. He is a 2024 quarterback. That is my number three. And so really one of the things that um, I look at in Debbie and a lot of people look at in Debbie is I want players that are closer to hitting the NFL just because you've kind of seen them work through the system a little bit and and kind of eliminate some of those concerns on are they good or not. And I think that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, if you're looking at any of your 2023 mock drafts, those are typically the first two players that you're going to see listed at the quarterback position. We obviously saw Bryce Young win the Heisman Trophy last year. He's going to bring a little bit more of that dual threat and that you're really kind of looking for in fantasy. CJ Stroud's a little bit more of a classic passer, but he does have athleticism. And so he is, that's something that Ryan Day, Ohio State coach, has talked about this year, wanting to use his legs a little bit more. And he didn't do it last year. He got injured in week one against Minnesota and he kind of, he kind of kept himself safe through most of the rest of the year. And so we didn't see that skill on display, but he does have the athleticism to be able to translate. And then lastly, Quinn Ewers, again, it's really, it's really fluid at the number three quarterback position in the 2023 class. And Quinn Ewers came in as one of the most valued prospects to come through. I believe he had the highest rating in 24 seven quarterback period when he came in last year as a freshman. He's got two years that we're going to see him play at Texas, but I've got him kind of there. And there's really kind of a chunk of guys that you, you know, if you have Caleb, will Caleb Williams from USC there, I can't blame you. If you're somebody that you believe in Jackson dart old miss quarterback, you know, some people have him there, but it's really fluid. But I think that you're going to see a lot of people have CJ Stroud and Bryce young as their top two quarterbacks. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the number three guy. And does Arch Manning, uh, does that make you nervous at all um, with him and and possible uh, playing time there? Not overly. Just the the way that it lines up, um, Ewers should be the guy this year. And if he is, if he performs, then Arch Manning likely sits next year. Ewers gets one more year, goes to the NFL, and then Arch Manning gets two years as a sophomore and junior before he goes to the league. So the way it's staggered right now with recruiting classes, the way those classes are set up, I'm not super concerned about Arch Manning coming in and taking the job. It would have to be a situation. Now, you know, we just saw in Oklahoma a situation where Spencer Rattler was kind of coming into last year, expected to be the top quarterback in the 2022 NFL draft. And Caleb Williams was the hot freshman behind him. Rattler lost that job. Caleb Williams took it. So we do have a situation fresh in our mind there. But again, this is one of those that if viewers performs up to his potential, it's going to be very, very hard, I think, for Arch Manning to come in there as a freshman and just unseat him. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the transfer portal stuff, and this is before NIL, I remember just, you know, talking about this on Twitter with a few people about, you know, all these transfers going out and being, you know, number one picks. I mean, Baker Mayfield was a transfer, number one pick. No, it's not really worked out, but Joe Burrow did. And then you have Justin Fields was also a transfer. I mean, these guys, you know, transferred and played well. Obviously, if you transfer, there's a lot of unknown with new systems and all that. Good players shine, bad players don't. Um, and we'll see with, with Spencer Rattler, you know, it's obviously not easy to go and learn new systems, but if someone goes and learns a new system and, and goes and does well, that's going to be really good on their NFL resume. And, you know, 
Quinn is another one that had to transfer. He was one of those Ohio State guys, and they had a whole lot of talent. And C.J. Stroud, obviously, is the top guy, and that's why he's over in Texas. Yeah, Ewers was kind of a weird situation because um, he declared he essentially jumped classes in high school because NIL allowed him the ability to cash a big paycheck from Ohio State and staying in the state of Texas at his age wouldn't have allowed him to do that. So he essentially was always going to go to Texas, but went to Ohio State for a year to get an NIL payday and skip his final year of high school and then transfer naturally to Texas. And so it was just kind of a, it was a very screwy situation. And so, uh, yes, he's a transfer, but it's like the loopiest loophole you could imagine. I had no clue. So that that's that's uh, inside stuff that I wouldn't have known. Um, anything more on the quarterbacks before we move on to the running backs? It's just really wide open, and I think that that speaks to, well, quarterback position is difficult inherently, and if if you get a draft class that, you know, we've played Superflex, we've played Dynasty, if you've got two quarterbacks that hit in a class, I mean, that you're doing pretty well there, and so when you're looking at the 2023 class, um, people are all over the board on who their third guy is going to be. Um, I know Christian loves Will Levis from Kentucky, and he's very, very toolsy. And that's the type of player that if he develops, he's going to be a guy that you love to have for fantasy. Um, there are guys all over the board in that 23 class. And, and really, 2022 is a great example of that because very few people had Kenny Pickett up at the top of that. And even Desmond Ritter, very few people had Desmond Ritter towards the top of that class. And you see those guys work their way all the way up. So that Pickett is the only quarterback that goes in the first round. Ritter is that quarterback three off the board. And and so he's kind of, they, they're, you know, they're right there. And, and so that's a position that um, really, and that's kind of the funny thing about Debbie is that you have a, a guy that can come in and we just talked about Joe Burrow coming in at, coming into his final year at LSU, that wasn't a guy that was really on radars. And then it was the number one pick in the NFL draft. And so to play Debbie, you have to be comfortable missing. And and I think that that's one thing that maybe when you play a lot of dynasty, you see a lot of dynasty players. There's a lot of dynasty players that are very, very cautious. And I think that that's one of the things that it, you see people all the time. And they talk about a rookie pick that they missed in the first round four years ago. And like, if you, <laughs> that's going to be your mentality that you can't let go of those things. Then maybe Debbie's not for you because you're going to be wrong in Debbie quite often. Uh, but at the same time, it's just it's fun and it adds a layer onto it. Yeah, and so um, will we? You said Will Levis, right, or, or Levi's? Well, Will Levis, Levis. So Levis, I did see him put mayonnaise in his uh, coffee. Yes, and so um, so uh, yeah, he's off my board. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh, he's very interesting. Uh, I, it was one of Sean McVay's uh, assistants that went over to Kentucky. Am I correct? And um. You know, speaking of transfers, yeah. Wendell Robinson went from Nebraska to Kentucky to compete in the SEC. And, and, you know, that really did boost his stock in the NFL draft, speaking of transfers. And that offense is going to be interesting. I do know that they lost a lot of offensive linemen, including, um, you know, Wendell Robinson as far as the offense. But they lost three offense, starting offensive linemen, plus they, they lost their best receiver. We'll see if they'll be able to repeat. Um, he is, you know, for me, the, the third quarterback in this class but but we'll see some people like van dyke and some other players um let's go to the running backs and so i don't want to tease and make the running backs go at the end there's some you know some studs in this class and there's some studs coming right after that but everyone right now is telling you 
Do not trade your 2023 first. Go collect all your 23 first. And people don't even know who they're trading for or why they're doing it. They're just doing it because people are telling them. Who are these running backs? Yeah, so right now on the screen, we have Bajan Robinson from Texas. We have Travion Henderson from Ohio State, and that's Zach Evans from Ole Miss. And so I'm I'm higher on Zach Evans than a lot of people. A lot of people have Jameer Gibbs up there, and, and he's going to be great. He's going to play for Alabama. He's a pass catching back. I think that Zach Evans has a ceiling as a runner that is probably higher than Bajan Robinson, even if he reaches that top tier that he can get to he was a higher rated recruit than Bajan Robinson he just had a mess of a story to end his high school career and, and starting out his college career it's just been a bumpy ride for him but I think on tools and, and talent and ability alone he's right there really you talk about those 23 picks and and really kind of you're looking at the running backs because you're looking at Robinson you're looking at Evans Trayvon Henderson is a 2024 player, so he's another year out. He's going to be in that Ewers class, and Braylon Allen is a name worth mentioning in that Ewers class as well. But really, you've got Evans, you've got Robinson, you've got Jameer Gibbs, you've got Tank Bigsby from Auburn is another player to consider there. And that's just the depth of really kind of when you look at this past year, Brees Hall separated himself at the top of drafts. But other than that, you have a – probably six or seven guys that you can make the argument in 2023 that would be either number one or number two in the 2022 class. And so that's what people are talking about when they're telling you to keep those picks. And even as you kind of go through that first round in 2023, even those later first, you're, you're still looking at guys like Michael Mayer would have been unquestionably the tight end one this past year. Or Jordan Addison was great, won the Blinknikoff award. Or, you know, a player like Quentin Johnson is a just a size speed freak specimen. And and so it's a, just a very deep class in 2023. No, absolutely. And, you know, I had to put that picture up there. I know, I know it's the different team, but um, just a, just a cool looking picture. Looks um, mean, man. <laughs> yeah. He's, you know, th- there's, there's a lot to be excited about, um, you know, and, and I think you alluded to this earlier, kind of wanting not necessarily proven players, but you have to see something before you get him. So you're not drafting a whole lot of freshmen in your Debbie leagues. I'm more like sophomores, juniors, one or two years out. Yeah, ideally, especially quarterbacks. Quarterbacks are so iffy. And so ideally you want to kind of go for those running backs are usually safer running backs. Um, especially guys that are going to play early in their careers, like Nicholas Singleton coming into Penn State. He's kind of this year's version of Travion Henderson, who we saw right away at Ohio State be productive. Um, These elite running backs and college teams know that they get three years out of those guys, period. And so they kind of tend to let them go with the ball. And so you want to see those guys produce early. That's very important. Um, But, yeah, you feel a little bit more comfortable with running backs all the way through the cycle and just kind of stacking that position up because, you know, as we see in the NFL, if, if you are a freak athlete and you show some level of understanding of the position, you are probably going to have some value that translates through. And and really a lot of when you're playing Debbie, it's, you're just kind of trying to get hits. You're trying to get players that might be, might be stars on your dynasty team but really just our starters and if you're hitting consistently in a debbie league starters on your college side the players that are in your top 10 that you know these dynasty leagues most of us do we start 10 players every week 
if you're hitting players that are cracking that lineup weekly, you're doing very good. Now, absolutely. Anything else on the running backs before we go on to the receivers and tight ends? Just that it's a very, very exciting class coming up. And, and I don't think we can emphasize that enough. And the other thing is because 2023 has been so talked about, it's almost devalued naturally 2024 picks. Those 2024 picks are going to look very nice too with, you know, Travian Henderson, like I mentioned, Braylon Allen, like I mentioned, there are guys coming in 2024 and that's don't be concerned about those picks either. But it, there is, it's, is interesting because so much of the conversation and I kind of think we're at a point now where it was so hyped, like during the spring and even kind of like beginning of the spring it kind of seems like that talk has died down just a little bit lately where you're, and I think that, you know, if you play dynasty long enough, you kind of understand the cycles and we're kind of in that spot now where people are shifting that redraft brain on and they're looking at their dynasty rosters and they might be worried about, well, I don't have a starting RB two right now. And they kind of, that switch kind of flips a little bit. And so I think you're kind of getting into a range where you can acquire 2023 first as with the college football seasons kicks off and these players that we talk about really start producing and putting the highlights, those picks are going to soar back in value again. Yeah. And you know, with your veterans, we always say don't trade your veterans during the off season. You know, everybody loves their, their lineup when it's got all this beautiful youth and then they got to stick out to actually set their week one lineup. And it's like, damn, Jeff's going to beat me by like 57 points. Um, so I probably need to get some vets in there. And that's when I go out and I, you know, trade some of those that, you know, that future, um, you know, future draft picks and those people can cash in. And, uh, you know, if you're in your draft still, you have drafts coming up. That's one of the best ways to rebuild is to trade back. And so you have a, you know, 106 this year. And I know there's some good players that you can get, but if you can trade back and get a second this year and a first next year for that one 106, you're going to be doubling your profit and, you know, maybe even more based on this class. So I'm going to take another break before we get into the receivers and tight ends. Looking forward to hearing about those. Uh, I want to make sure to talk about odds trader. What is odds trader? Um, it's a place where you can compare odds from all major sports books. You can compare the different signup codes, promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for the, this, this helps the betters to make the most, most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker, so betters can keep records of all of your games and betting activity. Um, key points, um, you know, odds, odds Traders has hand, handicapping, play-by-play updates, live scores and bet tracking, player statistics, key game statistics, projected game weather. Bet tracker keeps the records for you so you can you know track your wins and losses. Brag to your friends. Um, go to oddstrader.com backslash blue wire. Odds Trader is the number one site for all your game day bets. All right. So everyone in Dynasty loves receivers. They love receivers because you can get a, you know, if you hit on a guy like a Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, like that could be a cornerstone of your team for the next 10 years. Who is on the screen right now? I think you're muted, sir. You got me. Uh, yeah, again, we've got two 2023 guys and one 2024 guy. We have Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. We have Kayshawn Butte from LSU. And then we have Marvin Harrison Jr., a name you might have heard from Ohio State. And so uh, the two Ohio State guys, Jackson Smith and Jigba, is really uh, a 
he's able to work inside outside. He is very comfortable in the slot. He's a technician at the position. Um, he's shown the athletic ability. You know, the highlight that you are showing right now is the catch against Nebraska his freshman year that if you've not seen, you might live under a rock, but that was one of the most exceptional plays that I've ever seen watch in my 30 plus years of watching football, but um, that he is uh, just understands body control. Understands where to work in areas of the field. Um, We saw him in the Rose Bowl, and I believe he had like 250 receiving yards, something like that. And that was against a team that had a very good defense in in Utah and knew the ball was coming to him, and he still was able to get open consistently. Keishawn Butte from from LSU. He's more explosive. He's he's kind of more in that Jamar Chase, former LSU role, where he's got that um, athletic ability. He's had some injuries that's kind of held him up a little bit, and that's kind of allowed Smith and Jigba to edge ahead of him for a lot of different. Uh, you know, he's he's been battling an injury this past season, Butte this off season, and so what we're gonna get out of him, um, we're hoping that a se- a full productive season, and he rolls right into the NFL draft, and he's going to be he could go above Smith and Jigba easily, and then uh, lastly, I have Marvin Harrison Jr. here and and we've seen limited action from Marvin Harrison Jr. But again, I talked about that Rose Bowl. He had three touchdowns in that game, really his first expanded action. And that was as a true freshman. We know he's got bloodlines. We know he's getting great, great coaching at Ohio state. We know he's going to be playing with CJ Stroud. Um, I'm proactively moving him up and, you know, people can call me a Buckeye Homer all they want, but at the same time, Ohio state has a pretty good track record of producing pretty good players. And so I'm pretty comfortable going in that direction, but I I just think he checks all the boxes as a traditional receiver that we've seen be able to win outside that a game that translates to the NFL level. And there are so many other guys that you can put here and, you know, I'm not going to beat anybody up for anybody else that they might have here. I talked about Jordan Addison already. Josh Downs from UNC is an explosive player that kind of is more of a traditional slot. Quentin Johnston from from TCU is that explosive big outside receiver, that 6'3 mold. He's a he's an exceptional athlete. He needs to work on the technical side maybe just a little bit. Uh, there are so many different names that you can put up here, but these are the guys that I kind of have sitting in this range. Yeah, and, you know, I listen to Move the Sticks podcast all the time, and you know, I always say if you want to you know, be good at fantasy football, you, you need to understand football. And so you don't just watch fantasy football or listen to fantasy football shows. And that is my my favorite pre-draft show. Yeah. And they always Thanks. joke about, you know, the Baltimore Ravens love shopping at Alabama. Well, if you like receivers, you want to shop at LSU and Ohio State. Yeah. Um, you look at around the league and they, they were talking, you know, listen to a show today. They were talking about, well, you know, Odell Beckham Jr.'s record was broke by Justin Jefferson. And after this year, Jamar Chase might break that record. It's like those guys all from LSU in the last 10 years. Like, that's just incredible. Yeah. And you look at it right now. We have two Ohio State guys on the page. Then you look at the quarterback. Boom. It's all tied together. The golden thread. We talked about Jamison Williams earlier. This receiver room was so good that this guy had to go to Alabama to go find some, you know, to, and he was, you know, top, top, what, top 12, um, you know, draft pick in the NFL yeah. draft. Um, you have two first round receivers coming out of Ohio state. And then they got two guys on Jeff's top three. They're just, they're turning out talent left and right. And uh, yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense to go shopping there. Um, 
you know, there's two guys, you know, I, I put out a list uh, a couple about a month ago. I put an episode, I put just a, Hey, these are some names to know. Um, and you know, one of my buddies was like, Hey, we're, you don't like Maryland or something. So, um, uh, I left both the Maryland receivers off there. Can you talk a little bit about them and their quarterback? Yeah. Rakeem Jarrett and Desmond Dumas. Um, yeah. So th- those guys are, are Dante Dumas. Uh, there's a, yeah, uh, Texas a guy too. So getting my tongue tied here a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Those guys are both very explosive players and, um, Tua Tulia Tagovola is the quarterback. So Tua's little brother is the quarterback there for Maryland. And, um, he doesn't necessarily have the physical tools to translate to the next level, but those, ex- those receivers definitely do. And those receivers are explosive. Jarrett particular um he was the i believe he was the number one receiver in his recruiting class and i think they fought off alabama to get him um he he kind of it's really funny because a lot of people say don't helmet scout but you've got these schools that are doing this recruiting and they're looking for profiles of players and he reminds me a lot of dj moore a maryland wide receiver and there's even some levels of stefan Diggs in that game another maryland wide receiver that are those explosive guys that you can put them in the slot you can put them outside they can win all over but he's another in that that long Players, low key has developed some great NFL wide receivers, and Jarrett's another one to pay attention to. All right, I appreciate you giving us a little bit of extra on that one. Let's move over to the tight ends. Um, you know, this year we had, you know, we'll say a Trey McBride was obviously the the top top of the class. It was not as impressive of a class. There still could be some guys when you know people didn't know George Kittle was going to pop before he popped. Um, you know. And I, I pulled up the quarterbacks again. Let's okay. uh, let's look at the tight ends. Um, who's on the board right now? Yeah, so I've got Michael Mayer from Notre Dame as my top tight end. Brock Bowers from Georgia, very productive player for the national champion Georgia team last year. And then Sam Laporta from Iowa. And, and so I start off with Mayer, and we know that Notre Dame produces tight ends at, at a high level. You can go through the years, go – Kyle Rudolph, Cole Komet, all these guys have come through Notre Dame. And and so he's just another one that um, he's a very polished player for uh, having two years of experience. And I think that he, you can put him up there. I think he's better than Pat Fryermuth. And so that kind of gives you an idea where he is coming in. Um, Just a complete all around tight end, a natural receiver that I think will transition and play very quickly at the NFL level. Bowers, I'm a little bit more concerned about just because his body type is a little bit different. He's he played closer to 225 last year, and he's I think he's going to develop and grow out a little bit more because he was a true freshman. He's very explosive from the tight end position. And so it's one of those that you're just a little bit more nervous projecting long term on a smaller guy like that. But again, you know, playing in the SEC, playing in the SEC East, winning national championship against Alabama, and he's a playmaker. He's proven that. Um, And then Sam Laporta, it's kind of tight ends, kind of similar to the quarterback position where it's kind of hard to find that third guy. And Laporta is coming out of an Iowa program that, you know, TJ Hawkinson, um, Noah Fant, they've produced tight ends traditionally. And so Laporta is just a very polished receiver and, and a player that I think is going to, kind of following that line and and he could sneak up. He could go higher in the draft than maybe people are realizing. Um, but again, it's just playing that game of, you know, I kind of trust Iowa to produce tight ends. I think the NFL kind of agrees with me 
and playing as player that's closer to being draft eligible versus kind of betting on a younger guy. Yeah. And, you know, they talked about it on Move the Sticks and, and, you know, you're having to be a lineman and a receiver to be a tight end. And some of these guys have never blocked before because they're in these spread offenses and it's all different. These guys are all coming from pro style systems. And if you're coming from Notre Dame or coming from Iowa, that's that gives you a a jump ahead of everybody because you've already learned that part of the game and had two or three years, maybe four years to refine it before you got to the NFL. And like George Kittle was a blocker first. I mean, this guy's production, and I don't have it right in front of me, but if you saw a blind resume and saw George Kittle's college production, you never would have thought this guy was going to blow up. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, and that's another Iowa guy too, George Kittle. So it's uh yeah, that that school produces guys, and and again, it's um, it's just a very difficult position to project because how many times have we seen a guy go top ten in the draft, and we're sure that this guy's a great athlete, and then he just never gets there. Versus yeah, Kittle's a great example of a later drafted player. Even Travis Kelsey, you know, Travis Kelsey's a third round pick, and so he kind of developed was a little bit unexpected off the radar to turn into what he ended up becoming. So it's just a very difficult position. And and similar to quarterback, traditionally, unless you're playing in a college fantasy league and, and even then playing in those type of leagues, it's hard to get some tight end production in the college game. Um, It really just goes back to, it's a difficult position to play and it's hard for, young kids especially to come in and play it and so traditionally what you see with college offenses is they're more structured to favor wide receivers because that's kind of how nfl or that's kind of how high school offenses are favored and it's easier to give the explosive wide receiver the ball and it's easier to replace that production year after year to to find another wide receiver that's going to fit in with into your scheme versus finding a big strong athletic tight end that can do all the things the positions ask to do plus be a focal point of the offense. Now, I appreciate that. And that's exactly what they were talking about. Um, so I want to talk about NFL mock draft database. Uh, my yeah. guy, Benny runs a great website and you can go on there, do your mock drafts, but I love, I love the big board. And so he's, you know, he's got to pay the bills, got a little uh, pop-ups and stuff going on, but here's your top five quarterbacks, according to him, which, you know, you get two of your guys right there. What are your thoughts here when you see the board um, with these these top five guys and then some potential um, draft capital on the side here? Yeah, that's exactly where I kind of expect it to be. Um, Anthony Richardson is a he's toolsy. He's very, very toolsy. He's very athletic. If he hits, he is going to be uh, a guy that, you know, I. He's not Cam Newton, but Cam Newton might be a fair comp for the athleticism there. And, and you know, that, those are the players that you're looking to get in fantasy football at the quarterback position. So he's got all those in the book. It's a big question on if he can develop enough as a passer. And then Tyler Van Dyke is a little bit more of a he's got deceptive athleticism, but it's kind of a question of will that athleticism transfer to the rushing yards that we're looking for at the next level for fantasy, but he's got a, a big arm and he's a big kid and, and it wouldn't shock me at all to see him be quarterback three in this class. And, you know, we talked about Levis already. Obviously we talked about young and Stroud being at the top there. And, and I think that that's kind of the expectation where you would see them go. I think young I have a little bit more question about his passing game compared to CJ Stroud. Plus his size, I think is going to open him up 
for some questions as well. Whereas Stroud's kind of more that he checks the box. He's exactly what you're looking for traditionally in an NFL quarterback, especially in a draft prospect. Yeah. When you talk about all the studs that you already talked about with the tight ends, receivers and running backs, you're, you know, you think about your super flex rookie drafts and you think about the 2021 class where there was five guys that were most likely going in the, the first 12 picks of the, you know, of your draft and you had Kyle Pitts. And so you're looking at, you know, a very similar, obviously you're not going to have a Kyle Pitts in this class, you know, Michael Mayer's good, but you're still going to have three, potentially four or five um, quarterbacks that could be, you know, up in the, in the first, you know, the first round of your rookie drafts, pushing some great receivers and other players down the board. Um, let's take a look over and all you guys got to do is just again, nflmockdraftdatabase.com, go to the big board and go to which class you want. We can actually check 2024 out, but we'll do that another time. Um, looking at the running backs, you got your B, you know, B. John Robinson right there, potentially a first round running back. Um, J- Jameer Gibbs, Zach Evans, who you had brought up, Tank Bigsby, uh, speaking of transfers from Michigan, Zach Charbonnet. Um, what are your thoughts here about these guys? And I'll scroll down a little bit more to show some of the others. Um, but what are your, what are your thoughts here? So Bijan Robinson, you know, I, you can see the projection there. And, and traditionally, the last couple of years, we have not seen running backs go that early. They've got him as going number 12 overall. And so that that is kind of an eye raiser that they, he's that high. Um, but that speaks to his level of he's, he's really polished as a receiver and he's also an excellent runner. He really kind of has the whole package that you're looking for. Um, Gibbs, we talked about earlier, he's kind of more of that pass catching back, but he's he's very explosive. And he shows that that pass catching ability and kind of being that Alabama offense. If he produces like expectations, I think that Travis Etienne is kind of a very similar comp to him where just I don't know. Play, people get hung way too hung up on comps. I'm just talking about a, an explosive receiving back on a team that's going to be in the college football playoff that is going to be flirting with first round draft capital. And and that's those are the packages that teams are looking for. Teams are looking for in the first round players that can make impact in the passing game. And Jameer Gibbs is one of those types of players. And then Evans sitting right there. I just think Evans ceiling probably might be the highest in this class bar, bar none. And so I don't know if he's going to get there. And so that's one of those things that having him above Gibbs, I mean, we see 28, 37 on these ranks. And so they're kind of in that same ballpark. If Evans gets there, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go above Robinson, but there's, that is a lot that he would have to accomplish to be able to achieve that. Bigsby, I think is a little bit more of a, just a classic uh, compiler at the, the college level. There's things in his game that I think translates, but I think you're really looking at a player that will be working in a committee on him. And then Charbonnet is kind of the same thing. Charbonnet kind of reminds me a little bit of Tyler Algier in this class that we see with the Falcons there, just a bigger back that um, I maybe have questions on his explosion, but he's going to be very productive at UCLA coming back for that next year. It wouldn't shock me if he's among the nation leaders in, in yardage and touchdowns this year. And that's going to raise eyebrows. A lot of people are ready to be on in on him. I think a lot of people are concerned that he went back to school. And, and I think that that's a fair question because really he opted into a stronger running back class than had he just gone. Um, but the past is the past now. And obviously he heard or saw something that made him come back and want to work on different areas of his game. 
Well, and Bijan Robinson has a deal with Lamborghini. Um, talking about NIL deals. Um, yeah, pretty impressive. Got some uh, pretty cool photo shoots as well. Um, let's go to the receivers. Uh, I will scroll down here because it's definitely a, a longer list. Um, we talked about all these guys. So you talked about, you know, JSN, Keishon Butte, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, Josh Downs, all the five guys that you mentioned, and they have them going, all of them, in the first round, as well as Jermaine Burton, and none of the other guys were, were listed. Um, I've heard the name of Parker Washington a couple times. Um, anyone else stand out that we haven't discussed? Um, shout out to Christian again, but Dontavian Wicks is a player that Christian really likes. He kind of reminded me a little bit of Jerry Judy when I watched his film. Um, I think Zay Flowers is a name that some people like, but he's kind of, he's smaller. And that was a player that you expected to come out this year. Um, I, I think that there's pretty clear tiers in this. I think that the first two guys, Smith and Jigba and Boutte are a tier by themselves. And then Addison, Quentin Johnston and Josh Downs, I think are right, right there behind but there are concerns or questions that you want to see all of them address. And, and some of those like Jordan Addison's size, I think might be a real question at the next level, but his production, you can't argue with that. He's been one of the most productive receivers really we've seen in college bar none. Um, again, Johnston working on cleaning up some of the technical aspects of his game. Josh Downs, explosive player, but he's going to be in a new quarterback position. And so that's, I don't know. You are a little bit concerned there on that production playing with Sam Howell last year, who we saw go to the NFL, but really that UNC offense all flow through Josh Downs after they saw so much talent, skill talent go in the 2021 NFL draft. Burton's an explosive player. He translate, he transferred again. Another transfer that we talk about came from Georgia. Georgia did not do a very good job of using him to his abilities. Uh, they run a very conservative offense in Georgia and, and with the defense that they, we saw last year and winning the national championship, you can't really blame them for doing that. He's got, um, he's not Jameson Williams, um, but there are, things that compare between the two of them where he is a very fast explosive player and, and I think that he's going to get the opportunity to work in different areas of the field with Alabama than what he got from Georgia before and that's going to go a long way in that Alabama offense so Marvin Mims a lot of changing pieces over there in Oklahoma yeah. who's gonna like what's this team gonna look like who's the quarterback who's the head coach and and is this you know gonna be uh, uphill battle for Marvin Mims. I, I've heard good things. Uh, they have an experienced transfer. Gilbert from um, central Florida is coming in as the quarterback there, Dylan Gabriel. I'm sorry. Um, and he's coming in as the quarterback there. He's very experienced from UCF, but again, it's, it's going to be a new quarterback. They saw a lot of turnover in that system. When Lincoln Riley left to go to USC, a lot of guys either went to USC with him or they went to USC in Southern Carolina where Shane Beamer, the former offensive coordinator for Oklahoma was, has been the head coach the past couple of seasons. He had a relationship with a lot of those players from Oklahoma. So we saw, that's where we saw Spencer Rattler go. That's where we saw Austin Stogner and tight end go. So we kind of have seen people go different directions. Marvin, even Mims, I worry about um, again. That's a, a size guy that um, I don't know if he how much his game translates to the NFL level. Uh, he's just kind of one of those that um, it's easy to put Oklahoma players and and Alabama players at the top of these lists a year out. Um, but there are things in his game that I just I'm just not on him I, in a Devi aspect, just because 
even if he hits at the NFL level, I have questions about what are you getting into? And I think that that's one of the things that people really need to look at when they're playing Devi uh, and understanding what translates at the NFL level, understanding, um, I, you know, I have concerns about taking Devi advice from somebody that doesn't really get too much into NFL fantasy, because I think that you're not understanding the type of players that are productive at the NFL level. You might say like, this is a very good productive college player, but if he doesn't translate to a guy that's going to see massive target share at the NFL level, even if he hits and gets to that NFL level, are you talking about a wide receiver three wide receiver four on a team? And do you want to put those guys in your fantasy lives and there's like is a little bit of a case of that of and and i think that there's kind of some of that where um people don't always understand what translates to curing a lot of nfl fantasy points and mims's game kind of falls into that yeah i mean you're doing you're just in all of this you're just forecasting and projecting and it's really hard when you have so many different offenses i mean you could just look at like the the pack the big 12 and look at some of the gaudy numbers that they're putting up, like from Texas Tech and stuff like that. Remember in the past with like Cliff Kingsbury, yeah. like he threw like 55 touchdowns in 12 games. And that guy like never, he like maybe started one NFL game. Um, he's a great coach, but I mean, those things did not translate to the NFL. And he, you know, he had a bunch of different people on that team that were catching balls and had gaudy numbers. And other than Crabtree, None of them really did anything, um, but like there's a lot of offenses like that. Then you look at some of the, you know, some of these other places. Maybe Iowa is is, is somewhere, um, and they don't have as much production. Or Maryland, they don't have as much production, and these guys go to the NFL and, and explode. Um, so, so yeah, it, it is. It's definitely tough, and uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with traits um, and, and things like that. And you know, when you're looking at things like the NFL draft process and learning that process, it, you know, in my opinion, it it teaches you so much on how these players transfer from the NFL. I mean, to the NFL. Yeah. And I wrote an article for football guys a couple of months ago, talking about wide receivers and traits and wide receivers. And really when you're looking at what you're really looking for, ideally for fantasy is a player that can win from the slot and win outside because we see those players in NFL offenses. They, move them all over the the place. And, and I, it was Robert Mays from the athletic. I just saw an, an article from him this past weekend. And he was talking about how the NFL game has moved so far away from, you know, traditionally when you hear slot receiver, if you followed the league for a long time, you think of a, like a Wes Welker as a slot receiver, but the, the NFL has really kind of moved more towards using bigger physical guys as those slot guys, or a guy like Keenan Allen as a, a guy that he can win outside, he can win inside, or even a guy like Tyreek Hill, where he can beat you vertically, but also you can move him inside to the slot and be more creative with that. And I think that what you've seen as really we've saw the development of talent at the wide receiver position. And I think that this comes up from high school because you see more kids in high school that are playing in spread offenses at earlier ages. And you even kind of translates down to, you know, when we were kids, you think back and you think back to your coach in seventh grade and they didn't think you could throw the ball and they, it just lined up and you gave the best athlete, the ball at running back. And that's just kind of how the offense ran. And now you've got kids in sixth and seventh grade that are running spread offense and, just wide receivers are developing at an early age players that are a great athlete that 
you know, however many years ago might have been stuck at defensive back just because we've already got a running back. We don't need wide receivers because we don't do it. So you're a defensive back on this team. Now they have, are developing those ball skills at an earlier age. And so you're getting better athletes. You're getting players that are able to be more fluid throughout positions. That's so much harder on defenses than what we saw even a handful of years ago people in very, very specialized roles. And so really when you're playing Debbie and you're kind of trying to do that game where you're translating, you're looking at players that are able to do that at a high level in college and seeing if they can translate to the NFL level in that. Yeah, and I I feel like we could probably go on for another hour talking about that. Um, Yeah, I mean, they they had a a thing on there talking about how high school, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, it, it was, it was awesome. They talked about, they, they said they, they would send, they would go around to every high school, you know, in the area and say, give me your, your best, uh, you know, fourth and go fourth and goal play or your best two point conversion. And they would get this whole list of like 80 of the best, you know, and, and like the high school and college game are really marrying themselves to each other, which is really helping the development of the kids. Um, it's not always translating to the NFL because you do have a lot of these guys that it's just the same, you know, it's the same guys being circulated, but some of these guys are getting out. You know, we're seeing a lot of the the Shanahan tree. Um, I remember looking at the playoffs thinking like everybody was either part of the Shanahan, which is the McVay tree or McVay's tree in the playoffs, except for like four teams. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons is they're, they're developing players a lot faster with being more creative on the offense and tailoring their scheme to the players versus trying, trying to tailor the players to their scheme. Yes, exactly. So, um, so you've been really gracious with your time and all of your knowledge. I really appreciate it. Time for tags. Uh, where can we find your work? Where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at for whom J bell tolls. That's the number for whom J bell tolls. You can find me with football guys. I've got a lot of content coming up with them. Articles coming out weekly right now where we're, we are in training camp season. So we're doing weekly training camp reports and I believe my Atlanta Falcons report went live today, but I did that. I, the, the Falcons are the team that I'm covering in training camp. If you followed me last year, I told you to be on Cordero Patterson last summer. Not very many people listened, but I am diving deep in the into the Atlanta Falcons for football guys. And then you can find me with the Debbie Royale as well, the Patreon, the Debbie Royale on Patreon, and then the, the live show Tuesday nights at 930. All right. Well, I got to ask Tyler Algier, should I, should I invest? Tyler Algier is going to split carries with Damian Williams and Cordero Patterson is still going to be a thing. It's just going to be... I think it's really just a very touchdown dependent play. And do you think the Falcons are going to score a lot of touchdowns? No. Yeah. So we're I'm this. So I'm on the right path. This is where I've been. And I've actually been trying to sell off the one or two shares that I have. Yeah. And even if, even if they, he does anything, um, I think that it's probably a one year rental where they, they can probably go get somebody legit, like somebody not legit. Cause obviously he's legit. He's a good player, but get one of these guys from 2023 class next year. Yeah. And, and Patterson, Cordero Patterson, I think that we're too low on him again in fantasy because people are, people saw the end of last year and, and the Falcons, they really didn't have a running back other than him last year. And he was banged up. And so his production really dive fell off a cliff, but he still gave you a RB one season. And so I think that they've got a very, uh, that hybrid role. They're going to use him in the passing game. He's going to get some carries and that I think it's really just going to leave a traditional running back role, kind of what we saw with Mike Davis last year, where Algier, yeah, you know, maybe he's getting 12 touches for 58 yards and, and you're getting 5.8 PPR points. And what are you doing with that? Yeah, no, 
I'm with you. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Make sure you guys go follow Jeff. Make sure you check out the Debbie Royale and all of his content on football, guys. I appreciate everything. Follow us, SGPN Fantasy. And as always, good luck this season.